Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. I appreciate you tuning in to the show today. It is Halloween 2019. It is also for this show, uh, technically day number 365. The one year anniversary of Authentic Influence is November 1st. And uh, so before we jump into this, I just want to mention uh, quickly how grateful I am to have spoken to all the people I've spoken to so far. It's been an incredible journey. And to get all the the messages and comments and and likes on LinkedIn from all the content that we're able to put out here and the stories we're able to tell, it's a treat and a privilege. So as a starter, thank you. And uh, as a token of, uh, of my gratitude, here's another podcast for you today. Now, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Here's why. We're on with Leanne Freemar. Now, she is the chief brand officer of J.P. Morgan Chase. Everybody knows what that is, massive financial institution. But before this, she was an SVP and an executive creative director for two brands that I admire greatly. Starbucks, which I think has created one of the most shareable products possibly ever, and Under Armour, which is obviously not only a top athletic brand, but since I'm from Baltimore, uh, I'm a little biased to love it anyway. But it made me curious as to why Leanne would make the jump to J.P. Morgan Chase, and it turns out it makes a lot of sense because she is turning the experience there, and specifically within branches, but also more broadly for the brand, into a really special and shareable one, and we dive into that during this conversation. So I'll let her fill you in on some of that detail, and I'll be back afterwards with some of the ways that you can continue to pour in with all of those great comments, like I mentioned at the very top here. But for now, please enjoy my interview with J.P. Morgan Chase's Leanne Freemar. All right, everybody, I'm here with Leanne Freemar from J.P. Morgan Chase. Leanne, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. I've never been in this building uh, before and uh, got a great view outside, I think. I can't really see it because we've got these shades down, but um, looks like beyond it, a beautiful view. How long have you been with J.P. Morgan Chase, by the way? I have been here almost exactly a year. Okay. How's that been? It's been fun. Where'd you come from? Let's get a little background first. How far back do you want to go? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. However far you want to go, I suppose. Well, uh, I moved to New York just over 20 years ago. All right. And started my business, uh, started my career out, uh, you know, first in, in the art business, actually. In the art business? Yeah. Okay. And uh, had my first job at the Museum of Modern Art and when I moved to New York City and quickly transitioned into the fashion business and had have spent many, many years of my life in, in fashion, in retail. Uh, working for some incredible brands like Ralph Lauren, Gucci, Theory, Helmet Lang, Under Armour, and then transitioned over and went to work at Starbucks for a few years. And so I have been at JPMC now for a year, and uh, and it's been a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. Far. What drew you in? Art, fashion, JPMC, I don't normally put those all in the same category, but what what drew you here? Well, I love retail, and I love the consumer experience at retail. And when you think about JPMC and Chase in particular, we have a pretty significant retail footprint. Right. 
and we have an incredibly close relationship with you know half of America's households, and so those were pretty pretty fun uh, statistics to get to work with. Yeah, I'm sure. So then, what are some of like the, the key values that you hold through? I get these different industries, different careers that you've had, and now with JPMC, I'm going to keep using that acronym. I assume that's the way you colloquially refer to it <laughs> around here. What uh, what sort of key values do you hold as you build your team, build this brand? lead the business forward? Well, I think the most important thing, and this has been consistent across my career, is to listen to the customer. Because what the customer wants is going to you know, lead you uh, to, to make a lot of the right decisions. Yep. Uh, you know, you're here in service of the consumer. You're here to make their experience as great as it can possibly be. And you're, they're the ones that are pushing you and the brand forward to continuously innovate, to re- relieve pain points in that, in that customer experience or, or customer journey. And so, you know, for myself and my teams, it's really important for us to keep the customer in mind always. Yep. And to build a culture where we are excited to innovate, problem solve, and create so that you know, the customer gets excited about what we do. Yeah. What were some of those opportunities that you've had over the last year to address and attack maybe those pain points head on that maybe stand out to you? Well, we're working on quite a, a quite a big body of work that will launch in 2020. So there's a lot that you won't, I won't be able to talk about today, okay. but we'll be able to talk about it soon. Alrighty. But one of the uh, campaigns that you know we love right now that is out in market is the Chase for Business campaign, which features uh, two small businesses, one of which is based here in New York City, Jack's wife, Frida. And we tell the story through the eyes of our small business owners and what are the problems and the pain points that they encounter as small business owners and how we at Chase can help. Interesting. Really interesting. I think that I'd love to jump into some of those stories as it relates to the way that JPMC positions itself to the market as an authentic brand. Now, this is, of course, leading sort of into what the show is all about. So I want to ask pointedly about what authenticity means to you for this business. How would you define it? Because people people define it a whole bunch of different ways. I define it a certain way, but I'm colored by the show and the perspectives that I have. So I want to hear it directly from you. Well, I think that authenticity is important to us because, you know, ultimately we're a brand about people. And when you think about our branch network and the incredible associates that go to work every day serving customers face to face, you know, in in our branches day after day, uh, you know, there's no more authentic experience than than being in a retail environment and having to work directly with customers. And having, you know, grown up uh, in the retail business and understanding the value of that connection, I think that is really about, that is authenticity. You know, customer service and being face-to-face with a customer and helping them solve a pain point, solve a problem, uh, make a decision, uh, you know, you know, think about their aspirations, dreams, and, and, and planning to get there is, 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 is as authentic a customer experience as you can have. And we do that around the country uh, at Chase and around the world with, with JP Morgan and, and JPMC. And so authenticity is, is, is integral into what, to every part of what we do. And then I think we try to bring that to life through marketing right. by telling authentic stories. And whether that story is is something that is as aspirational and yet as 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 um, close to home as this mama with Serena, 
or whether that is, you know, about digging deep into some of the bumps along the road that small businesses have, you know, we, we are telling real stories about real people who are living real experiences. Yeah. Serena was just at Advertising Week yesterday. Yes. Caused quite the, the traffic jam. Everybody wanted to see her. She's got a quite a story there. She is epic. Yeah. Have you met her? I have not met her. Uh, but I have had the opportunity to work on her campaigns, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Well, how could you not be? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Speaking to Advertising Week specifically, because here we are, this is why we're together this week. What are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, what are you looking forward to talking about? Um, let me hear your, your thoughts there, because I've heard a bunch of different trends, um, hot button issues. I think a lot of CMOs, chief brand officers, tend to be talking about the same sorts of things, which I haven't experienced so much before, but I want to hear from you. What, what are you excited about when you think about, I guess, going there tomorrow or today or when, tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we'll be, I'll be on stage tomorrow. And I was at the female quotient actually the other night. And I agree right. with you that, that a lot of the same topics are coming up panel after panel and, and event after event. But I think that's, that's a great thing. I don't think we as an industry have talked about equality inclusion, diversity, authenticity, yep. uh, you know, with all kinds of people at the table really before. And so I think that it's it's nice and and validating to see that, you know, these are these are conversations that people seem to be having across the board. What I, I hope is not the case is this is a trend. Right, and that next year we'll have moved on and we'll be talking about something else. Right. I think that you know we have made marked change in places like diversity, inclusion, representation, intersectionality, but we haven't, you know, we've only really just scratched the surface of those conversations and we haven't rectified what some of the systemic issues underneath those, those issues are and we have work to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a victory lap this ad week it's really about calling out you know what we see are some of the problems and obstacles getting in the way of of marketers like myself and people coming into the industry and how do we you know relieve those pain points that we do so well for our customers for for our industry itself yeah that word systemic i think is important i, I don't think it's going to be a flavor of the year as it were because it's problem or i don't know if what to call it a problem or, or just a inefficiency in the way that the corporate world works it's shouldn't go away <laughs> no business the, you'll the businesses will die by that if they if they don't address it and the reason i brought that up specifically or the reason why i brought up that potential coalescence of of topics together is because that's something that uh susie deering who you'll have had the session with yesterday i believe it was yesterday um said on the podcast as well who joined us very recently oh, okay. and listeners i don't know if she'll have been out by now we'll have to figure that out but something that is certainly being seen broadly and also, these are questions that, that she has a very point of, point of view on as well. That's right. Yeah. And so we are at the beginning of this journey, and we have a lot of work to do. And as an industry, I feel confident that we can address it, maybe solve it, uh, but, but we, are, we are at the beginning of a long journey. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. If I could transition to stories for a second, you were just talking about some of the ways in which you're creating stories through these, these campaigns. Let me, let me start with yours for a second. How long have you been a customer personally of JPMC? I've been a Chase customer for 20 years. Uh, Chase was the my first bank account uh, when I moved to New York City. 
and you know I love the brand. They've been they've been a terrific brand to work with over the years. Yeah, and so I guess what were you, what were you most excited like as finally you were able to take the helm of that brand that garnered your first account here? I mean, what were you most excited to tackle? Well, uh, I was excited to tackle the octagon. The octagon. Uh, what is the octagon? The octagon is our symbol. Okay, uh, very of good. Chase. And some people say octagon and think, oh, are you fighting somebody? <laughs> no. Uh, we have an incredible mark. And I, it was such an exciting opportunity to really have that as part of uh, the toolkit for, you know, for bringing this brand to life. And, of course, we have an incredible fleet of branches with incredible people right. uh, who work in those branches. And those are very, very powerful things to have as marketers when you've got a great brand that stands for something that's powerful and meaningful and actionable, when you've got a powerful fleet, when you've got you know, incredible associates who bring the brand to life every day. And when you have the digital tools to be able to interact with the brand when you're not in, you know, in a physical branch, you know, those are, that's the holy grail of of marketing to be able to bring that customer experience to life. And I was excited to become a part of that and have my team get really excited about that. Yeah, I'm glad. And it, uh, I'm going to ask about exactly how you're doing that in this next question, because <laughs> I've uh, I've had a couple of conversations with folks in the financial sector specifically about how they are creating communities because they have these assets. They have associates, of course. They have a strong fleet in some cases, in the case that we're talking about an actual bank, as opposed to a fintech or something like that. Millions of customers. How are you building these communities to capture the sorts of stories and experiences that they have. Because experience has been something which uh, listeners will know. We just released the interview with Jennifer Brightopt over at City earlier this week. We interviewed Roger Roger Menard at MasterCard earlier this year. Uh, you know, experience is front and center for them. And whether it's in sort of one-off events that they publicize, whether it's in having swaths of thousands and thousands of events, it seems to be very event-based. But I'm wondering how you tap into these assets or these resources that you've just mentioned build true communities out of that? Well, our branches are often the heartbeat of the communities that they serve. And we have taken that strategy and started to develop it into something that uh, that that gives a, uh, a community center to that community. For example, we just opened our community branch in Harlem yesterday. And it's an incredible branch. I I invite you to go check it out where you know we built that alongside the community community leaders uh, community thought leaders and really made it not just a branch or a place where you go to transact but a place where the community can congregate and we've started to take that those those that philosophy and that strategy and apply that around the country where we are in new markets, where we have been in markets for many years uh, through our chase chats, inviting people to come in and talk about you know, f- financial health and wellness yep. and how to apply you know, some of those principles to their everyday life and everyday expenses or you know, budget balancing or you know, some of the more complex financial decisions that people have to make in their life. We've also, through our Needing Dough platform, been able to you know, invite athletes to come in and talk about their journey and their financial journey and their, their journey to financial health, wellness, and, and 
uh, and independence and sh and share their experience with our customers, uh, you know, old and young. And so bringing, you know, kids and students and families into the conversation has been how we've started to engage and build community around uh, financial health. And if I could specify, you said community branch. Is that how you refer to all of your fleet individually or is, are there special, is there special attention given to somewhere you are specifically looking to engage with the types of folks that are living around that branch? Or, could you explain that to me a yeah. little bit? Yeah. So this format is a little different than your typical branch. Okay. It has a community center aspect to it where you, it is almost like a, you know, a, a shared workspace where, where people can go and congregate, set, use the space for meetings, uh, for conversations. And so it's a new idea we're testing out. And you know, I think we'll see it become pretty successful. And hopefully, it'll show up in a few more places around the country. Oh, interesting. So you, are you Harlem, the, that community branch, part of a pilot, I'm guessing, before you proliferate more broadly? Yes. Got it. So then these community branches, the other things that you've just described, um, as well as stories that perhaps existed before this, such as your own, having their first account with Chase. Millions of these stories are being told all over the place. I mean, we can only assume. What are some, and, and uh, what you just mentioned with athletes is really interesting, how you, I'm sure, take that and leverage that and publicize it everywhere. Look, you know, uh, everybody can access Chase, whether you're, you know, just starting to get your first bank account or whether you're a world-class athlete. How are you taking those experiences and and funneling them back into the community and on the show we would would describe this as just like forwarding the authentic influence that you wield but what are some of the ways in which you do that to to color the brand in a way which is not just the experiences that that you say that people have but that people are actually talking about themselves sure well, I think our customers are speaking for us in that instance. Uh, I think when you when you look on on social media and you look at what our our customers are doing and saying and how they're talking to their friends, their family, their community about their experience or what they've learned or the tools that have been helpful to them. Those are our, our biggest advocates and really they are our greatest marketers. That's great. You're speaking my language. I, <laughs> it's great that you said it that way. Keep going. Well, I, I actually, I, I really do believe that to be true. And I think we have to keep doing our job and doing it very, very well and, and helping our customers feel financially fluent and feel like we are giving them the tools and the support that they need. And, and then we, we count on them to tell their friends, their families, their communities about their great experience and, and how to apply those, those fundamentals to their life, whether they're a customer or not. Uh, and I think that's something that's really unique and important to Chase is, you know, we are invested in financial health for everybody, not just for our customers and not just for the communities where we do business. And that's something that I'm really proud of. Yeah, that's great to be proud of it. Um, and I, the reason why I've stopped in the middle of that to be like you're speaking my language is just because it falls very much in line with what I personally define authenticity as for a brand, which is a brand's ability to truly mobilize its masses and then speak from the perspective of its consumers, fans, followers, donors, whatever. Let that be the voice as opposed to something which traditionally might not be as, let's say, bought into by somebody looking at a commercial, highly produced, oh, this is how a blank person got benefit from XYZ brand. And you look at that, you're like, ah, that sounds like crap. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't buy that. But I would buy it if it were somebody that I just like either saw on social or saw in a 
you know, completely, or, you know, I don't know, organic post. Brands are telling me all this week that organic is dead. That's another thing. Do you believe that, by the way? Do you think organic is dead? I think I, you never know. Okay. Well, the the whole point that I was saying was that just that's how I define authenticity. And so it's great that you're, you're leaning into that. Where, where do you think there's further opportunity to be leaning into that kind of thing harder? Or maybe as a corollary to the question, what, what do you think that financials as an industry gets, I don't know about wrong, but doesn't get exactly right about coming across as authentic or coming across as being the loudspeaker of its customers mm-hmm. as opposed to something coming down from the top? Well, what I'm excited about is Chase Chats at scale mm-hmm. and taking that community engagement to all of our 6,000 branches. And that will take us time and that will take us time to figure out what that playbook is. But I'm excited to see us be able to engage at a community level across the country and the yeah. places where we do business. We're not there today, but I'm excited for us to get there. Yeah, it'd be exciting to watch. Truly, it will. What are, you should come. Yeah. Well, okay. So these, so these chase chats in in the future state, they'll be at all over the place. Where are they currently right now? Just those community branches? No, they're all over. Okay. And, so they are. And yeah, you can you can reference them on chase.com. Got it. All right. Good to know. What are some of your favorite stories that you have heard of customers' experience, or perhaps unlocking financial freedom or mobility or whatever through Chase? Obviously, you have your own. You have some that you've talked about with these athletes. I'm sure, there are many being told through these chats. Do you have any others that stand out in particular that sure. you are aware of? Well, we get, we get letters from customers all the time. I'd love to hear one. Every day. Well, I don't know. You don't have them here, but... And, and so I love to read them because I, I think it, you can learn a lot from what your customers are saying. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And I think some of the, the more romantic ones that I've, I've read recently, uh, I've had a gentleman reach out asking if he could propose to his his uh, girlfriend in a branch where they met uh, many years prior. Yeah. And so we we were able to make that happen, which was was pretty exciting. Uh, Some extra accoutrement on the branch, I'm (laughs) guessing. I mean, he could have just done that on his own, but I'm, you know, that's why he was reaching out. Yeah, that's cool. You made it a cool experience for him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We were excited to to help him out and be a part of that and, and be a part of the fabric of somebody's, of the story of somebody's life. And, uh, you know, I very recently read uh, a letter from a woman who was thanking us. She had just uh, paid for her part of her wedding with points that she accrued, uh, her ultimate reward points. And, uh, and so she was telling us about what that journey was like and how she accrued those points, uh, which, you know, was a, a story of, of uh, ultimate success. But I think, you know, she had gone through some challenging times. And, uh, and so it makes you feel really proud of, of, of being a part of, 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 a, of an organization and institution like this. It makes you really proud that people want to write you and tell you their story. Yep. And uh, it makes you really proud that, that you can be a very small part of it. Right. Absolutely. That's great. People actually write handwritten letters then. And they, where do they mail them? How do you get it? I mean, they just people mail this People write building? letters. People email letters. Uh, you know, customers know how to get in touch with you. I guess if they're particularly motivated enough one way or the other, they'll, <laughs> they'll find a way, right? They know. Yeah, they know. Okay, so... You can't tell me specifics about what's coming in 2020. Fair enough. How about 
I'll open up the question to this. What are you most looking forward to the brand evolving into over the next couple of years? You've been here for the last year. Given that sort of data and extrapolating it outward, your vision, what's that look like? I think we're going to continue to be great and just get better. Okay. And I think we're going to get better across all channels and all lines of communication and all customer touch points. And I'm, I'm really excited about that because I think there's just so much love for this brand. And our customers tell us every day what a great job we're doing. And I'm excited for us to keep pushing to do better. And what does that mean, better, to you in the context of that? We want the customer experience to be seamless across all our brand touch points. And uh, we are doing a good job today, and I think we're going to do a great job in 2020. Fair enough. So then I want to uh, close with asking for advice. Because people who listen to this show, they're either marketers, they're students of the craft, they're at Fortune 500 companies, or they're sole proprietors. But nonetheless, they're trying to build brands and essentially emulate what you are doing today. And I want to know from you then, what advice would you give to those folks who are looking to either be a more authentic marketer or build a more authentic brand with the knowledge that not everybody has sort of that autonomy to go and shift a brand into exactly what they want, perhaps either from a values basis or or a, a vision basis, what advice would you give those people to get them started? Well, I always go back to the customer. Yep. And that's the way I have always approached uh, marketing and brands. And so that's always my way in. And I think it's important for all marketers, and especially the great ones, will tell you that you need to know your customer, and you need to listen to your customer, and your customer often will guide you where you need to go. And whether that's going and talking to people on the street, whether that's communicating with people through social, whether that's soliciting feedback through surveys, whether that's interacting with people you know, in apps, you know, you can learn a lot about your consumer and you can also pull a lot of insight on your consumer. And, and I think that when you have a clear picture of what your consumer is out there doing, looking for, what are the friction points that you can help solve, then you can start to think about how to shape the marketing and, and the product to, to solve those, those customer problems, pain points, and innovate and excite and delight and surprise and, and all the great things that marketers get to do. And so I would say, you know, it sounds simple, maybe too simple, but I think it is, I think it is true. And I think I've seen this from, from years in retail, which is, you know, know, know your customer. Right. And to, to, to I'm going to press one more time to tactically, what did that, when do you think there was an inflection point or a moment in your career where you truly believed or perhaps in retrospect saw, I'm actually doing this and it's actually helping me out? Because um, some folks that I've talked to on the show, they give that advice and, and they say, but, and they'll caveat it by saying like, and honestly, it didn't, it didn't help me until very recently or it didn't help me until like middle of my career or something like that. So I'm curious because some people are, you know, if you know the customer or stay true to that, some people are part of these big marketing organizations where like maybe they're not meant to move and shake, things like that. I mean, what, what kind of a moment, what, can you think of a moment in your career where you were like, no, I actually stayed, like I, I held my ground, I stayed true to a customer in this way and maybe not everybody loved it, but pushed the brand forward and thus pushed me forward. I think I've, I've had that experience more than once. I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the first time I really felt the click 
of that. That's a good way to put it. You read that book, by the way? No. It's a good book. I forget who wrote it. I'm going to feel dumb for not remembering. It's a great book. You can send it to me. Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or just send me the title. I, I, I've, I'm, I have a fall. Maybe it's, maybe it's Blink. I don't know. Blink. It, it might be. Maybe it's Blink. One of the two. But essentially, okay. it's like those stories where, like, I think the guy who made, I think it was Nikes or whatever, accidentally put, like, rubber or something into a waffle iron and discovered the way to make a better shoe. And, I mean, obviously, it's a little different from what we're talking about now, but it's a sure. good book. Sure. Well, well, when I, I think when my first experience uh, really feeling that click mm-hmm. was when I was the executive creative director at Theory. And so much of what we were talking about and bringing to light through our clothing was expressed through the way women were, were wearing it and how we were talking about it. And I was really close to the customer because in many ways I was the customer and my customers were my friends and my friends were my customers and we we were all living something that felt like it was very much a moment and we were expressing something in our product and in our storytelling that was a lived experience that was shared uh, across many, many women and ultimately men. And so that, that feeling of just being you know, in that zone with your customer and your audience uh, is is a is is great, yeah, and is motivating and is gratifying and is what you you know you get to fall in love with over and over and over again when you do it right. And I've had experiences of getting to do that with female athletes and athletic females when I was at Under Armour and seeing our campaign for, with Misty Copeland and Giselle Bunchen and Lindsey Vaughn and Kelly O'Hara and many others uh, come to light and really, you know, light up uh, the, um, you know, just lit everyone up right. with excitement and, and joy and recognition and seeing oneself reflected back to them in in that moment and and that was another really exciting one and i get to have those all the time because i get to work with amazing brands and really engaged customers and and you know and get to have a lot of fun with my team yeah you know making incredible things well that's great advice and a good example so for for listeners advice would be to find that zone to get in or or at least to ask yourself the question and look for it well i can't thank you enough for joining the show today for everything you provided thanks for being on the show Thank you. Thank you so much to Leanne Freemar from J.P. Morgan Chase for joining the show. I really, really enjoyed that conversation, and it makes total sense why you made the move there, and I look forward to everything that Chase has coming down the pike. If you like this show and you want to hear more in the next year, here's how you can do that. So first off, we're on LinkedIn. That's where most of this stuff lives. There's an Authentic Influence podcast page. So you can go and follow that. And you can also follow me or connect with me, just Adam Connor on LinkedIn. Uh, You can write us, podcast at govavoom.com. There's a number of ways that you can tune in and leave a rating and a review. You can also do that by just leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. I'd love to get that feedback from you as well. Plus, if you have any commentary on who I should talk to next, who I should talk to differently, different questions I should ask, things like that. I love that stuff. So keep it coming. I'm going to be back on Monday with another fantastic interview about how a top brand gets more authentic each and every day through mobilizing its masses. In this case, mobilizing in the true sense of the word. We're going to be on with Waze and their chief marketing officer, Aaron Clift. So look out for that. 
Until then, and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.